Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody, to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 240. Hard to believe. And we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around. Berg! Not sure where you ended up, but spin it around. Find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. Thank you so much for the uh, continued support. It goes a long way to help our ministry. You know, we're not pastors. We're just regular guys, and each of us are on our own spiritual journey. You know, I'm kind of a spiritual guy, and this stuff is important to me. You know, I get encouraged with the word and pastors and stuff, but, but what really helps me is talking with regular guys and spiritual guys that are out there slugging it out, meeting it challenges just like me. And that's why we're here and we're on this No Church Answers Tour, and we're glad you joined us. And I just want to, and because of that, we have a half-hour show that is on demand, that is on PreachTheWordNetworkTV.com. And, of course, our podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you uh, get your podcasts. And make sure that you rate our podcast and leave a review. You know, this stuff wouldn't be possible without your support. And so we're so glad that you're here. We're in this uh, study of James. Got a couple of great guys here that we're going to be talking this out with. And uh, I'm going to start with the producer. Uh, He is a former world-class policy writer, a current professional gambler, the producer of the show and uh, the awesome notes. Uh, he's Mr. Steve Titch. Right, hey, Steve. Hello. And a former prosecutor and attorney. Uh, he's an okay guy. We call him the judge. <laughs> Michael Cropper is here. <laughs> hey, Bill. And, of course, my name is Bill Cox. I'm basically uh, a bit of a writer, indie filmmaker, but I work as a contractor, so... Uh, so He's I an can, entrepreneur, so I can so I can pay for the That's stuff it. that I like to do, and uh, with that, I'm going to uh, go over and uh, turn it over to Mr. Steve Titch to start with the discussion. Yes, hi. We're still uh, in in the letter of James. Uh, we've got a we've got an interesting one, a very interesting one, and a very topical yes. uh, subject today. Uh, this lesson today, this section of James's letter, we'll be doing in chapter two. Uh, deals directly with human prejudice. James presents it in terms of rich and poor, and this is where it gets easy in your Sunday school class and your answers because there's a lot of rich and poor things here, but that's that's how things were divided in those days in, in Judea. But at the heart of this, of this appeal, we can call it, this very emotional, very direct scolding or appeal by James is a conviction that we have, everyone, a tendency to favor or judge individuals by their outward appearance, be it the clothes they wear, the color of their skin, their accent, uh, or in these days of Judea, it was pretty much wealth and the trappings of wealth they wore in their clothes or the way they bore themselves. And this is how radical the gospel is because right now in America, we're we're really undergoing a very arduous reevaluation of how racial history is played out. And churches have a role as peacemakers, as reconciliators. And and it is an ideal role for us as men to step in and with good conscience look at at what these thoughts are. And, And this particular section is a great starting point. Bottom line, every society seeks to create social strata. Uh, where do you fit? And that becomes the normal. Uh, And I guarantee you guys, you walk into any office in America and you will immediately know the pecking order about the way that office is set up and who's sitting where and the way it's laid out. Now, Jesus directly challenged all of this. Uh, right, Right from... In the, in, the, in the first century context. Because the, the New Testament, the Gospels are full of these social stratas. You meet, 
You meet kings. He goes, you go right to Pilate and to Herod, but you go down to the beggars and the lepers, and in between you have the, the tax collectors, the Pharisees, all various, the prostitutes, the beggars, everybody, and Jesus moves through these people, and, and charity is the first step. That's where, but that's where we tend to stop at churches because with charity, we can keep our strata in place. I'm the wealthy, beneficent guy, and I'm bestowing my charity upon you, you poor sap, who I will never... But Jesus says it's more than that. Jesus became... He, he didn't really identify. He washed, his, he washed his disciples' feet. He compared himself to a shepherd, one of the lowly, lowliest positions you could have. That's my broad take, but this is where we're going to dive into, I think. This is all about prejudice and privilege. Michael Cropper. Uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, mention something Steve just brought up, and, and I'll tell you what. Jesus not only insulted their case system or their, their stature, the way they're set up culturally, he was born into a poor family, which made no sense. If you're going to expect the Messiah or a God person or a king to be born into Jewish people that God had directed, he should be born into the dynasty or to the reigning family. Right, Steve? So I like your comparison. I like your mention that Jesus did everything backward mm -hmm. to what was expected of the Messiah or the king. Now, I'm going to go back to the subject for a second. I'm going to read the first line. Bill's going to read the whole text we're covering us, James 2, 1 through 13, folks, if you want to get your Bible and look at it with us. And the first, first uh, verse, uh, James says, My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, must not show favoritism. Boy, Steve didn't beat around the bush attacking that with prejudice. <laughs> he stuck a very, very colorful word in there that all of us know we're all aware of it. But uh, let, let me go back in, in, in time just for a couple of moments and, uh, and, and draw a couple of pictures for you. I remember, I remember elementary school very well, people. Uh, we often played kickball in elementary school. I was good at it, and I mastered kicking and catching pretty well. So I was one of the first persons to be chosen for a team because of my ability to play, to kick. I could kick super far, and I could catch very well. Uh, we did celebrate. Our team celebrated if we won, and we were a little disappointed if we lost. However, I was also fat. So I was not, all, I not chosen for other games other than kickball. It was very obvious why they chose me for kickball. Uh, when, when we advanced to junior high school, uh, we played a lot of football and dodgeball in gym for PE. And the coaches usually chose the teams for us to remove the bias which was displayed for certain gifted individuals. We usually celebrated if we were the winning football team, but in dodgeball, nope, not so much. Now, you've all heard this phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, all of you remember this retort we learned to respond to when we received personal attacks. Although it sounds good, it was not never really true. I did not like being insulted, but I learned to deal with them because I was in band and I considered myself to be a higher class person. <laughs> I'm serious. Than the guys who were constantly running their mouth and insulting me. Well, today's lesson is sort of about picking sides. And uh, Steve has mentioned a, a great part of it. It's a great lesson on sizing up individuals and forming opinion on their outward appearance without knowing anything about them. So the lesson gets very personal because it addresses bias in the church and the individuals in the church who show preference to a visitor merely on how he or she looks and not on their skills. Bill? Excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read the scripture, which is James 2, 1 through 13. I hope I'm better than Mike on the first one. Uh, <laughs> my brothers and sisters, believer in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you. But say to the poor man, uh, you stand there or sit on the floor by my seat, uh, by my feet. 
Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do not, but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Now, yeah, I, I'm as convicted as anybody else by this particular scripture. But let me tell you just a little different insight as to why animals do not do this. You get a pen of cattle. It doesn't matter if they're black or brown. They will all act the same. They will all congregate the same. Pigs, same way. Brown pigs, black pigs. You put them all together, they're pigs. They act the same way. They're instinctual. They worry about food and where they're going to sleep, okay? Difference with a human being is this. They're self-aware. The pig that's black does not know he's black. The white pig doesn't either. Neither does the, the brown animal. And because of the Maslow hierarchy of needs, their instincts are just to eat and have a place to sleep. See, that's the thing. And, and, you know, and people get all uh, wound up about possessions and, and that kind of thing. And I think it's, it's spiritually those who are prideful, you know, you want them to be humbled. And those who are poor in spirit, you want them to be encouraged and, and to have hope. And so we're kind of like a mediator that's going to try and bring the sides together in a way. But it will never be. And we'll never be like the animals because, because humans are self-aware. Anyway. You know, it's a hard thing to do, Bill, what you just said. It's hard not to show some discrimination. I mean, uh, period. We were raised that way. We see it all around us in our TV, everything. I mean, what young guy do you not know that will go over to a young, beautiful girl visitor that comes into the church and try to say hi to her and seat her if he's an usher. Uh, versus uh, a, a, a young lady would also go toward a young, very attractive man who comes in for the first time. Once again, we're saying for the first time, there are certain things that we have to control mentally, right? And, and not do that. I'm just giving an example of what we might do. And uh, I, I, by the way, before we started the, the podcast, folks, I, I, I talked with Steve and Bill for just a moment and I, I, I asked him a question about what we're saying here. Again, uh, James is very adamant. Do not discriminate a against a person on their appearance. And I asked Stephen Bill, I says, uh, uh, you know, why do you think this is so powerful? Or why is he so adamant about believing what he believes? And Stephen wants to talk about this, I know, and probably Bill will chime in too. The question I had was, is he so adamant about this because we were created in God's image? And when we look at a person and we determine that we would prefer a person who appears more successful or wealthy than the other person who comes in and we go greet them in, in, in a more amiable way and show more deference to them than the person who comes in in, let's say, less attractive clothes, less valuable clothes, less attractive vehicle, is it because we are actually judging them and we are judging against God's character because he created them equal? And 
That is a good question. We're going to come back. This is the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast number 240. We'll be right back. This is Bill Cox, director of Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Thanking you, our listeners, for making us one of the fastest growing podcasts in the Christian space. We are proud to announce that the regular guys have earned a video slot on Preach the Word TV Network, a Christian video streaming application with more than 50 million downloads worldwide. To finance our video production, we have launched a GoFundMe page to raise funds for our studio space and production team. Our program will be available on Roku, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. It will also air locally in Atlanta on Saturday mornings on WYGA Channel 16.5. To make a tax-deductible contribution and learn more details, please look us up on GoFundMe.com under Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men or donate directly through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org. Thank you so much for your support. And now back to the fellas of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 240. We're talking about favoritism, but we'll just break it right down. It's prejudice. And so... Uh, and, and you know what? We're basically flamethrowers, flame and I'm going to send it to the flamethrower <laughs> producer himself and let him go off, Mr. Steve Ditch. Yes, to answer your question, Mike, yes. We're, it's because we're all in God's image. But, but one more degree to that, because it is the way of the world to start to, to create, to discriminate. To create, so you know, it's create more, differences, right? And, and, and in this case, to, to see who's who, who, where I fit, and uh, uh-huh. and who who the who the top dogs are, who the medium dogs are, and 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 who do I want to associate with, and what do I think of the others, and mm-hmm. so there's the beginning with the superficiality of that. It's it's kind of oh well like. James is writing here the, the obviously the wealthy person who walks into our little church gathering I'm going to make sure they're comfortable uh, but his point is he's that that person is no less worthy than the guy in dirty clothes and to to show him you know to show the, the to defer to the wealthy fellow and show him the best seat in the house until the uh, poor guy to go sit in the corner or sit on the floor. You're you're reinforcing the order of the world. That individual, that poor guy, is going to say to himself, "Up, oh, this is no different than anywhere else." So you know, never mind. You know, never mind what what what, what they're they talking anything, about. Right? This is no. Right. I'm I'm treated I'm treated in here just like I I am everywhere else. And more. I mean, and there are out that th- these are kind of an is it a very outward, very emphatic. Uh, illustration that James writes, which is which makes it easy for us because we can point to and say, "Oh, I'm not like that," and maybe we aren't, but we carry around our own prejudices that are ingrained uh, from literally from birth, from toddlerhood, the way we're raised, the way we're brought up, the way what how our parents teach us, how we see our parents act, and. And we pick up these cues, and there are all sorts of social cues, and that's why, that's why there there is a degree, there is validity to this whole white privilege idea, because white people are brought up in a certain way with a certain set of expectations, out of life, and how they will be seen in social circles. Uh, black people have a are, have a whole different set of expectations. Let me. I wish. I wish. Uh, uh, Earl were here for this, but uh, they, they, their their experience is completely different. The thing is, what what Bible tells us that's wrong. That's part of the world, and to ignore it, which I think I, I think there's a tendency that the reaction is to to ignore. It. That's not true. I, I I'm not I'm not a prejudiced person, and you're probably not the type of person who hates other people who are races. You probably are. You probably see yourself as as a person of goodwill, and you probably are, and that's where it gets defensive. Nonetheless, you might be carrying around certain in, ingrained 
ingrained prejudices that, that are going to express themselves that if Jesus were around, he'd point, he'd, he wouldn't hesitate pointing them out. You know, I don't have a problem with Jesus pointing that out because I absolutely do have prejudices. You know, I, I am prejudiced towards people who are willing to work for a living. And I'm prejudiced for people that are willing to serve like veterans. And I can tell you who I'm prejudiced against. I'm prejudiced against losers, quitters, and cowards. I may have empathy for them, but that's something that they choose. And as far as what is ingrained in me and whatever privilege that I have, there's also a fair amount of what's going on victim privilege that people are bringing up by this revisionist uh, look at history. I don't have a dog in that fight that's out of my lane. I know where I came from, and uh, we were pig farmers, which was up from the sheep farmers that immigrated through Canada. So I don't really have uh, an uh, issue in that, but what I do have is the fact that I think a lot of people are getting out of their lane and understanding this. This was like a macro, writing, written as a macro, kind of like a first uh, day on the job kind of book. Whereas individually, you're going to have to deal with situations that come up individually uh, let me and when you say when you say you're pre you're prejudiced toward people you're president but you're you you make decisions judgment on what people do mm. not what people are so right. you know you will you will value a veteran more because you are a veteran um you you may you may so that, that's a little different from bias let me let me uh. give you an idea let me give you an idea out of my own experience mm -hmm. okay because um back in the day i was i was i was a bureau chief in chicago uh from for the newspaper i was working for and we did hire. We hired a black, uh, a, bl a, a, a black associate, a uh, good writer, um, and, uh, and and was part. You know, we we're always looking for diversity. Uh, he was certainly well qualified, uh, and he, he was doing a great job. But there was always this problem. He was always late to get to the airport. We'd have to go somewhere. He was always late to get to the airport, and uh, you know, it it uh, it and it just you know, I, what what's the problem here? Well, the problem was. I don't care if you're wearing a suit, a tie, and carrying a $3,000 computer. If you're black, you will not be picked up by a cab in Chicago. Simple as that. And that was one thing, as a white person, I did not understand. Until, and, and he was too nice to, to maybe even point it up. But really, going back, I was wrong. And that is an example of white privilege. <laughs> the the only thing I have to say that Steve is when I started college I went to a psychology class and uh, pardon me a speech class it was one of the first classes I took in college I went to uh, U of H downtown back then it was called South Texas College of Law pardon me mm -hmm. South Texas Junior College my apologies folks it's been a while I was I was um, 19 years old when I started South Texas Junior College. And I went to a, a class and we had a few black people in the class. And uh, we all were expected to give a speech. And I can remember standing up for my first speech and, and, and giving on, on maybe my hobby at that time. I don't remember what the subject was or the title. But I do remember one of the individual that you were talking about, the race of black person standing up uh, one of there were several in the class. Two of them gave great speeches. They gave their own experience, and then a third one stood up at the end and 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 he looked at us and he started his speech out like this: "You all hate me. You all hate me. I'm black. You're white. You all hate me." And 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 even both the black and the white people said, "Oh man, what is your mm -hmm. problem?" This was his, uh, the first words out of his mouth. So, so, so Steve, the, sometimes that needle falls both ways. And, and, uh, and that was a clear example to me. And I had not experienced it because I went to an all-white high school. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. Now, 
Yes, there are indications, and yes, there are some things that are going on that are clearly race-driven. I agree with you. But it falls on both sides. The prejudice is about as but both sides. as Christians, we got to give up this both sides okay. stuff. This okay. is this is exactly well, no, no, what I'm you not see. Using that today. I would okay. never use it but today. That's, so that's good what, point. But still, that's, never, never. that's where you see even some of the church, certainly churches in the South, are falling back to this, well, it's there, it's there, it's there. No, this is, we need as churches to basically create the third way. I agree. And basically say, hey, there's... There's, now, there's extremists on both sides. I am not going to... Exactly. They're a little crazy over on this side with a lot of the, the, the whole everything is racist. And then, but it's on the other side, they, there's a, nothing is racist at all. There is, there, there is... I've talked about it. Where churches have to be is this is an opportunity... This is a true opportunity to, 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 to really be a light in the world, to get away from the us versus them, from, from, def- from the defensive posture and basically say, let's, let's start with a new model. Let's start with the idea that, w- and, and we, are, we are going to change our expectations. We are going to be, you know, the basic grassroots, so we are going to be a church, not just that welcomes people, that does its best to make everyone feel as a brother, as a brother in Christ. And yeah, are there resentments? Of course, there were... You look, you look at the you look at what the church was trying to do in Judea. You had not only you had you had, you had Jews, Samaritans. You had the, in the Jewish religion itself, you had Pharisees and Sadducees who who the who the working people didn't like. You had fishermen; they were dirty. You had tax collectors who were collaborators. Then you had Gentiles. You had Romans. You had procures. You had you had strangers, foreigners coming through, and. Here, here you are, or here you are going to your friend's house and seeing all these people, and really, it, as it was just as hard for uh, the dyed-in-the-wool um, provincial from Judea to walk up and shake hands with a Roman centurion as it would be for some some people in our church, some, some white people in our churches, to walk up and shake hands with a young black man. It's, it's That's, I mean, and I'm saying, I'm saying this is not, this isn't, this, so this isn't new, this isn't new, but uh, what, and, but I imagine they were doing the same thing. Well, he has, I'm, I resent because, you know, the, the Romans took my, uh, took half my crop last year, and, uh, and then, you know, and then the Romans will say, well, those guys were just intransigent, they're in the way, you could, they could, they were probably arguing about this, and I see a lot of just sheer frustration coming out in this letter, with James is virtually starting to knock heads together. Well, you, you bring up an interesting <laughs> point, so I'm going to pick on you just a little <laughs> yes. bit. Uh, first off, uh, Jesus was Jewish, number two, <laughs> right? Right. When, but he was just as home no, anywhere else. Okay, listen, listen. When a Gentile came to him, a Seraphonician woman came mm-hmm. to him, and she said, would you cast out the demon from my daughter? Mm-hmm. Right? Jesus responded with a prejudicial statement. He said, I was sent to the Jewish people. And the children should get full before the dogs. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and she, she was so sharp. And, 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 and okay, do I believe this was, it, was how supposed did it to be prejudicial? Her response was, yeah, but the dogs eat from the crumbs under the table that are dropped by, mm-hmm. the, uh, by the, the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, that's very sharp. And he healed mm-hmm. her daughter just like that. Mm-hmm. So, so, yes. And, and now, do I think he was reflecting his own prejudice? No. Mm-hmm. No, I think he was doing that to show that he was there for everyone if they mm-hmm. really wanted it, if they really wanted to get that from heaven or, or it, it, to know the gospel, to know the, mm-hmm. the salvation that comes with Christ and what he brought from God the Father. I think he was doing that to get her mm-hmm. to respond to see how much faith she had. Yes, but yes, right, but did right? you also, and I'm going to say, it's very remember the parable of the, the banquet where the, of course. The, host, the host invites all his people Yes. <laughs> all his people, they get him. They get yes. invitations. Absolutely, none of it. He prepares a huge feast. None, nobody shows up. So he says, "Okay, 
Round, get out onto the highways and byways and round up everybody else who's, who wants to come. So I think... Keep I going, think, keep going with that parable. And then, and then well, my, and then okay. they all cut, people do, come. Do you remember? They didn't, he didn't fill it. They didn't fill it. Mm-hmm. And then they brought in an individual to take the last place to get mm-hmm. fed. And when the guy came in and sat down, the host went up to him and said, you're not dressed nicely. And we're talking mm-hmm. all about that right now in James' <laughs> oh. scriptures. And the host went up to him and said, you're not dressed nice enough. And he threw him out. Not mm-hmm. only just threw him out, he threw him into a bad location. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, once again, it's interesting <laughs> you brought that up because the ending, the guy that, that, that came in last was dressed poorly, mm-hmm. much like, James mm-hmm. illustration here in the scriptures, but uh, but, but anyway, what's the real context for that? I was, yes. professor was because I don't think that was about about appearance. That was about something else. <laughs> well, well, how else okay. would you judge a man except by his appearance? Because well, they didn't know him at that time. It is it says appearance. Okay. It's, it's he was dressed <laughs> poorly, or whatever. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We're pointing oh, at Bill now. <laughs> <laughs> Bill's going, well, how to get into this, right? How do we get into this? Uh, well, these are the kind of discussions, and, and I know there's some of you guys out there that are totally into this and are, are really up on this kind of thing and all the strife it causes and stuff. And me, I, uh, I acknowledge it because I, I experienced it against me um, uh, for a year and a half, and that is when I lived in Japan. Um, if you watched our uh, show that is on Preach the Word Network, um, and uh, I'm I'm six foot, two hundred fifty pounds, which is about double the size of most Japanese people. And when I was out in the town, I always tried to live. I I lived tried to live off base and try to assimilate in there. And there were people that were kind and were trying to help me. And then there are other people that were just pointing at me and laughing at me. And it is there is that sting of rejection and not being included. But also for me, uh, it was kind of the excitement of trying something new. And, there were, and th- my point is, is that when you're... Uh, the thing about being Christian is not being normal. And the people that tried to help me, I can visualize them right now. This one old man was the greatest guy, and he did same, same. And he'd hold something up, and he'd say a word, and he'd go same, same. The word meant this. He was actually trying to help me. And so, and I think... uh, just like a fabric, there's many, many, many different contact points, and there's a reason why it's woven together. Some reasons why it's woven together is because there's some person that is the conduit between one to the other. And then there's other people that uh, are based on ability, where they'll well, they're, um, ignore one thing, but they... Uh, gravitate to you because of another thing. There's many, many ways to weave the fabric. And I think for us, I mean, what I'm taking from this particular lesson is take it on an individual basis. Be a person. Be, be open to be that person to weave that fabric because you'll never know how long it'll last. And I was only at that particular base for six months. And yet I saw that guy every time I went and got the paper. And it was, and I still remember him. It was awesome. And, and I think that's, and that's what Jesus wants us to do is to engage. And that's a big part of it. I remember, um, I remember right after I, I, I became a Christian because I remember a date in, in my life whenever I decided to follow the Lord. And I've shared that a little bit before, but now I remember um, maybe a year reading the Bible, uh, praying, studying, associating with other fellow Christian young people. I was ni- I was 20 years old, 19, and I remember uh, sharing my testimony with some individuals, and uh, and one of them, in fact, the, the, the going 
retort at that time a response if they didn't like it or they didn't go to church was do not judge me their response was very very difficult you might remember that Steve. you might not but anyway do not judge me and uh, that was in my personal experience to persons whom I witnessed and, and, and it's a famous phrase that our peers threw back at us when we asked them if they were Christians my response was you do not know the whole scripture for the, judge, the, the scripture says judge not that you be not judged for with what judgment you judge you shall be judged so be careful with what you're saying it has, goes along with the with the person who had a splinter in their eye and they they judge the person mm-hmm. uh, other person and 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 jesus said don't do that actually they had a log he says you have a log in your own eye you cannot judge a person who has a splinter in their eye get the log out first well anyway what i what i told them finally i essentially said look if someone didn't decide that i wasn't a christian if someone didn't judge me i wouldn't be here today so there is a certain amount of judgment you do, but it's not the kind of judgment we're talking about today, folks. We're talking about prejudice. We're talking about bias. But when it comes to Christ and knowing Christ, had someone not decided that I needed the Lord, I wouldn't be here today. And we're going to go ahead and take the second break. And trust me, if there's anybody that knows judgment, it's the judge, <laughs> Michael Cropper. <laughs> this is Man Up Spiritual Asian for Men Podcast 240. We'll be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders, are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. This is the podcast version, as opposed with No Church Answers, which is the downloadable and on-demand video show. So um, we are uh, talking about playing favorites. This is from James. And I just want to throw out um, just a a couple of things. Uh, To me, what James was writing was basically... Uh, tenants or guidelines or I, I, I don't want to go too far and say as laws but um, but yeah I mean I'm fairly close uh, to that and the the, uh, the thing about it it is when I was uh, uh, reading it it's you can't legislate morality and if you hold people to an impossibly high standard, you've got to find a way to encourage them to want to get to the standard, even though they'll never make it. Because otherwise, they won't even try. And I think that is the task that we've been called to with the church. And I'm just going to throw those thoughts out there. And uh, Bill, I, I, on the way over here, I was asking, I said, Lord, what, what is this about? And it's about virtues. I think you hit the nail on the head. We should all try to do this, right? Steve, Steve has shared a lot about it and opened our eyes to a lot of things. Um, being totally unprejudiced and totally impartial, I think, is darn impossible. But that's a virtue we mm-hmm. should strive for, which is what Bill just right. said, folks. I, I think it's a, a God-given virtue, and it, it's hard. It's hard, folks. I, I, well, I, that's James ends up as, at an interesting place because I'm I'm sure the people of his of his flock. Every one of them could have rationalized or given them a reason for why they felt a certain way. And it's interesting you you said 
I, I want to call you out on one thing. You said you're prejudiced against losers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus welcomed losers. Jesus welcomed people who may have made the wrong choices in their lives. And, and his message to them is there's no... On, in this world, there's no, no, no bad choice is forever. There is always mm-hmm. room through, for redemption through through the Lord, and it's spiritual redemption. It's not, you know, the uh, loser, he may have lost his business. That he may yeah, have, I mean, for point. reasons, for reasons, uh, un, whatever. There, and there may have been people in James' flock, there may have been tax collectors who cheated people. There may have been, uh, there may have been screw-ups, whatever they are for, for their, their counterparts, you know, the, the bums of a, the time. Just guys, guys who knew there was dinner every, every Sabbath over there so they'd show up because they knew they'd get a bite to eat. And, you know, the guy, the guy basically the person who's bringing the bread probably resents that. Uh, but James, really, what James is saying is forget all that. Forget your petty or even not so petty resentments. And he talks about setting aside judgment for mercy and forgiveness. And this goes on both sides. You know, both both sides. Um, and that's, I think, the avenue. That's where you start. That's where you start setting aside your bias by by first fig- like kind of forgiving yourself, because I, I think in a lot of cases you can't help it, but you become aware of it. You empathize with another person. You talked about, and you know, being in Japan. You Japan, you can. Japan is a very racist culture. Absolutely. And and gay and gaijin foreigners are pretty far down that that list, and and they're not always well liked. So, uh, but you know, I've run into it. But oh, but there's a little strata in 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 their society among among their culture as well. Uh, the idea is set aside that judgment, because we all need that mercy and forgiveness when we stand before God. You think you, you think that guy who's walking in the church or work, walking into your congregation and he's scruffy or you know he's a bum or you know he's you know he's he's always going to put the touch on people uh he needs forgiveness as much as you do. Do not for a minute and it's, this is what do not really think you're somehow better than him just because you got a clean suit or because mm-hmm. your soul might be more muddy and might need, might need far a far stronger cleaning than his shirt and shoes. Yeah. And James is saying, remember that. And remember that, that nobody, you know, everybody can face that same judgment when they stand before God, yet God has chosen mercy. The uh, the scripture, and, and it's, there's one in Leviticus, I, I can't find the number on it, but it... Says you shall love your neighbors yourself, mm-hmm. right? Yes, and he he actually right? he 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 cites he, it in this. Oh, he does cite yes, it. Yes, he does. He does point it you're out. You're right. He says that too. My apologies. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, folks, you're going to love your neighbor yourself. I'm embarrassed to say that it's a, a, a an attorney <laughs> that went to Jesus <laughs> and says, "Okay, Lord, uh, who is my neighbor?" So he's essentially asking Jesus. Who do I have to be nice to? <laughs> who can I get by without being nice to him? Figures That's the, a, the lawyer uh-huh. would do that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, so, Jesus, would you define my mm-hmm. neighbor so I can know who I can mm-hmm. I can beat up or whatever? But uh, it, it's the 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 fact is Jesus came back with a very eye opening example, and it was mm-hmm. called and it was a Samaritan, right? The uh, the individual is coming back on the road between Samaria and Jerusalem and he's beat up by robbers and left for dead. And the the story, if you look in Matthew, gives us example that that a priest walks by him and turns and steps across mm-hmm. to the other side of the road so he can pretend he didn't see him. And then uh, a, a Levite comes along and, and again steps to the other side of the road and goes on so he doesn't have to see him ignore him. Then a Samaritan, who was very despised among the Levitical uh, and, and the hierarchy, mm-hmm. the uh, religious hierarchy back then, but he was very despised, and he came along, and he felt pity for the guy and felt sorry for him, and he went over to the guy and, and, and bandaged him up and treated his wounds and then put him on his own uh, camel or mule, whatever it was mm-hmm. he had at that time, and carried, to him, carried him to an inn, I-N-N, and he 
uh, again, uh, treated him, maybe gave him some clothes, paid for his, mm-hmm. his, his in there, and told the innkeeper to take care of him. And he would pay him when he came back from the destination mm-hmm. here it was because he had planned to come back that, that way. Now, now. that story, now, of course, we, and we're all familiar with it, if it, if it were today, and, it, and this is, you know, we, we're, we, don't, we don't appreciate the difference between, you know, the Jews of Judea and the Samaritan. You know, they didn't like each other. They despised each other. They, yes. they, they, and the, and particularly correct. the Jews had an ancient grudge against the Samaritans. They, they, saw, they saw the Samaritans as descendants of the, of the ten, ten, ten tribes that got swept away into Assyria and that they, that they brought in... The God brought, you know, right. worshiped all the gods. Right. That there was ancient hatred there. Yes. In, in our time, to be real, what if if that story were told today, uh, the good Samaritan might be the good Muslim, <laughs> or the good the, the know, good no, the, the good the good radical know. Muslim, the good you know you, the good you real you know, know. That's the, it could be the the good gay guy, the yeah. gay man. Yeah. Uh, the uh, think think of think of the people you know that that. Typically, we, you know, we hesitate to welcome into this church or we get worried if they walk in the door. And we do. If, believe me, if someone in a, in a full Arab dress or came in the door, there'd be people who'd probably be ducking. I, mean, I hate to say it, but, but that, that, a, a, an Arab who walked into our church would not be welcomed like you or I. Like on our well, first step. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but well, but, well okay. Why are you? Do you know but, why? But do you know you? He's making a statement on his religion. If he's wearing yes. a full iron garb, he's not coming in as an individual. If oh, he comes, in oh, he's not like conforming to how you think he should come to church as. So you can come in your jeans. Okay. You can come in your shirt and tie. But he can't come okay, in the okay. way he dresses every day. This is what James is going cross on. on my my. If I wear a big cross on my neck and I go, he's into not a mosque, wearing a big well, cross. No, stop! No, no, no! You said he's wearing the gar- he's wearing the garb of a Muslim. It's a it's a gafia. It's a it's a it's you see him wearing his, around the neighborhood not here. Not clothes of the normal person. No, no, we, no! Oh, whoa! Oh, look at you! What you just gave away? We got not excited the clothes here, of a normal person. <laughs> he walks in wearing the same thing he wears every day. And I'm talking about one of these. Uh, what was that? A, 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 a no, would I? Whatever. Do, I'd go see him. I'd go talk. To him. Uh, okay, that's see, that's that's it, awfully it, good. It, yes, you just. But but you said but you gave what but. Mike, Mike, I'm going to be flat out honest. You gave away an inner bias. That's when you said he's not dressed like a normal person. He's not well, dressed like you is what you meant to say. No, and I'm, I'm not calling. I'm, not, I'm having a little fun. Okay, he might big be deal. Yeah. Big deal. Mm-hmm. He's wearing his religious. He is not wearing his religious on. affiliation. He is wearing the clothes he wears every day. They're just oh, not no, the same. That that. Yes, no, because I see Muslims walking around my neighborhood oh. wearing clothes. You, that's wearing not going well, to work. They're walking around your yeah, neighborhood. But that's a little bit out of my lane. No, they're not. They're this. not coming in. Oh, you see. No, you see. You're all right. I've. I, you've. You've all convicted yourselves here. I'm just going to let it. Hey, you know I'm going to let that is sit there, out. Is there? Is there? <laughs> a bleeding heart victim uh, person that you would not stand up for? I mean, there's a, I mean, like, you have to bring in, like, the most extreme thing. Exactly, because that what Jesus did. I brought it in because that's exactly the point I was making. The Samaritan was the most extreme example he could put out there in that story for that time and for that people and for his audience. He was there saying, what the heck? Okay. Well, no, that's could, why. Could have that's why. Him. And I know. No. And, and I'm glad I got oh, no, that no. reaction Physical. because, because Bill, that's exactly how the disciples and people listening to this reacted. No. <laughs> There's a big difference. <laughs> There's a big difference between someone that has physical pain and is about ready to expire, as opposed with someone that is dressed in something that they absolutely know before they park their car. Is not the same as everybody else is. Plain and simple. Now, it's one thing to be as if you're trying to blend in or you want to be a part of a community. If you want to be... If you want to be part of the fabric, what, what there's I, another wait, it's a wait, total Steve, another thing if you're finish. coming in just trying to make some kind of a statement. Well, what are you what are you talking about? How says he's making a statement? It says right here, suppose a man comes in 
to your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes or a poor man in filthy old clothes and comes in. The same, he uses the same thing. Somebody comes in with a suit and tie, it's okay. Somebody who comes in wearing what he wears every day at home and around the neighborhood, it's just, it's just what, it's, 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 it's you know, the... Totally different. Totally Yo, you different. You just said, you just totally said wearing that is rich guy. Totally it was rich poor. No, that's, it was rich that poor. Is that is a church answer. That is the way buzz, this church, buzz, it is not. a church answer because they fall back. Oh, James was talking about rich and poor. No, he was talking about people who looked different from the dress different and looked different from the people who were just connected in that one social circle. No, Bill, you're flat out wrong on okay, this, wait, wait, and you're wait, proving wait, my Steve. point. Steve, Steve, <laughs> okay. Steve. Yeah. Okay, this is good. Suppose, <laughs> no, suppose mm-hmm. a man comes in mm-hmm. and he's wearing clothes and his cross that says he's a Satan worshiper. You're saying okay. that no. The, wait, no, okay. stop, Steve, stop. Mm-hmm. You're getting too excited. Mm-hmm. He's telling you, I'm coming here to make a statement to you. Not, I don't want to hear your religion. Okay. Absolutely, I want to okay. make a statement to you. Just a minute. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I would not go into a Muslim church wearing a big Christian cross and everything. I would go in without anything that would say, "Look, I'm contrary to what you your faith is. I want to meet you." I want to talk with you. But if a guy did come in in that robe and that garden in my church, I would go to him and say okay. hi, and I'd introduce myself, that, and I'd welcome mm-hmm. to hear. That's right. So would you go to okay, that? that would you go to that mosque? But would you go to that mosque in in, 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 in what you wear to church? A shirt, even maybe not a tie. But would wear, you go? I might a, wear a suit, but I wouldn't wear. wear okay, a cross. right. And but that's, but but that's I'm not talking about. No, no, you're equ- you're equating clothes with a religious statement. You're equating the fact that he might be wearing a robe, a jabaya. Uh, um, uh, and, and well, do you know why? Uh, because only want Muslims wear those clothes. No, because they wear them in the hot weather. Only no, no. Muslims wear those clothes. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Well, yes, wait a minute. You're going to have to think about. It. Come back next um, week and tell no, us. No. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. But that doesn't. That's not. <laughs> yes, it does. It's matter. not. It's different from the. No, come on. It's different <laughs> from. Um, from from being uh, coming in with Satan worship stuff, he's not coming in with trappings of religion. He's not coming in carrying Satan a Koran. Satan worship is a religion. He's not. Ca- no, no. It's, it's, now it's, it's my turn. Religion, it's my turn. He's carrying. He's coming in dressed like he is every day. He is dressed what for him is normal, and you are saying that that is not that is not a an expression of his religion. It's a expression of you know what's what why what the com- what's comfortable that he wears. Uh, that's so. So we got to be careful there. You, you're, you're, I think you're comparing apples. And, he's not coming. I'm saying. I'm not saying he's coming in with a crescent or he's coming in okay. with a with a to preach the Lord. He's coming in because he wants to know what the heck is this church all about, and uh, and well, and, was, and, and you are making and, and there you are. There you both are making a judgment about the clothes because of the clothes he's wearing. I rest my case, as you're, they say. You're, you're so you win? <laughs> so you win? I just say I rest my case. You can, I'll leave it to the audience to decide. Hey, they can I'll say tell you, what, okay, I, uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Uh, absolutely, I judge things just because that's how I problem solve. Mm-hmm. Okay, just, let, let, me, let, me, let me ask you another thinking. question. We're going to go ahead and okay, we're going to wrap this we're up. Wrap it up. And uh, a takeaway from, let's start with uh, Michael Cropper. Yeah, applying the example from James. I, I, folks, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to take from my book a little <laughs> paragraph there while I find my closing uh, statement. <laughs> James gives us a couple things in, in the book that are really, really good. And he says, applying the example from James, and he says, apply this in your daily walk. He says, if you're really, really trying to uh, to be fair and impartial, you need to practice it. You need to practice certain things. He says, for instance, set a to- apart time in your prayers to God to thank him for the ways in which you have felt included and favored unconditionally by God and the church. And this goes back again to favoritism, which was the, was the, uh, uh, the last word in the scripture. My brothers and sisters, Believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Uh, it didn't necessarily mean mean prejudice,m because that's that's rather a strong word. But Steve is correct; it's shown all the time. So anyway, he says, set apart time and thank God for all the ways in which you felt included and favored unconditionally by God and the church. Then consider other ways you can make sure others do not experience any unneeded exclusion. Look for concrete opportunity this week to make someone feel 
included and favored for who they are as a child of God. And think about how some of your favorite people in the Bible responded to being included or excluded. How can you learn from their correct or incorrect response? Uh, folks, it's hard. I'm going to tell you, it's hard, and it takes time. I didn't finish my little example in the Samaritan mm -hmm. or, or the, the little high, uh, the, the little picture about the scriptures on on the Good Samaritan. But if you remember at the end there, what the Samaritan did for the individual that was hurt, he took him to the end. He took time out of his day. And he took his own money. What James is illustrating to us is difficult. If you see a man that needs money or need help and he truly needs help, it's going to take you some time and it's going to take you some money to be the good Christian and good Samaritan that you, that God has called us to be. Bill? All right, Steve, take away from you. Well, in the old, in old, in old Las Vegas, not anymore because everybody has players' cards and they immediately know know where your level is there there was pretty much a standing rule the way they trained everybody from from the from the doorman and the bellhop right on up to the executive is that whoever you know pulled up in a car no matter how they looked they might be grungy they might be uh they might they might not be dressed very well at all um they might be messed up but you treat them like you treat everybody else at this hotel and they get first class treatment because more often than not that grubby dirty little guy is a multimillionaire and he's going to drop several hundred thousand at that casino tonight and uh so you want to make him feel welcome now it's amazing that the secular world <laughs> that's i'm using this extreme example the world of vegas the world of commerce and sin city understands this better than a lot of churches the guy pulling up to your church, no matter how he looks, may be far closer to God and far, far more valuable, not only to, to the Lord, but in the long run, your congregation and your mission as a Christian church than the richest guy or the handsomest guy or the nicest dressed guy in, in, in the church. And uh, as we're getting down to the end, and it boils, kind of boils down to hospitality and be genuine. Be genuine with that hospitality. And we're coming down to the end of podcast number 240. A quick uh, note of appreciation. Uh, scuba Diver and Judge Michael Cropper is going to be taking a little hiatus. And Mike, I just wanted to let you know that uh, we really appreciate uh, your contributions and uh, keeping us all on the straight and narrow um, without getting sued as of yet. So well, we, we saved a good one for your <laughs> thank you last one. Uh, so, but thank you, Mike. You're always great. You've always you know brought the, brought some levity to this. Brought a lot of lot of knowledge and information. Uh, and and we'll, we're going to miss you. So uh, well, so you. Uh, have you. a good hiatus. Come back soon, and I know we'll still see you on on our TV show. And, <laughs> and believe it or not, folks, we still like each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. that's what's great about that's what's great about 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 men. Uh, I mean, like we got to have what we like to say. We have conversations you really can't have anywhere else. And yes. <laughs> that's right. And so, thanks so much on behalf of uh, producer Mr. Steve Titch. Mark Cropper, my name is Bill Cox, and make sure that you check out our video on demand. It's at PreachTheWordNetworkTV.com, and we're also on, if you happen to be in the Atlanta area, WYGA, on Saturday morning. And, of course, this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, but please make sure you rate the podcast and leave a review. And, you know, if you have a, any question or comment, you can go to our Facebook page or man-upspiritualoasis.com and post it there. Thanks so much. If you're unable to attend a church, check out the Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, and sugarlandbaptist.org and starts Sunday at 945. And when you're ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate and find a small group, Adult Bible Fellowship or ABF, Sunday School class, that you can join for discussions like this and find one that is men only. If there is one, star one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You've got I want the truth.
true. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through into this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.